Black women are now choosing to reject the hard life to embrace the softer, less stressful lifestyle, says lifestyle influence and storyteller Tanika Boyd. So we'll today look at this recent trend and analyze whether or not Christians should desire a soft life. Also, in the summer of 2021, they say over 75% of United States consumers that participated in a mind-body data survey felt that wellness was more important than ever. And additionally, 50% of consumers plan to spend money on self-care over the span of six months. And so we'll explore if self-care is the most important or essential to our wellness. Stay tuned for more. Hey y'all, welcome back to Unfolding Truth Podcast. We are your host, Erica and Kat. We're so glad to be with y'all today. I'm excited to jump in this conversation. Yeah. Um, it's been this trend that has become largely popular over the last, I don't know, several years mm -hmm. in the United States. Um, they say that it was originated in the Nigerian influencer community. And so the term soft life and soft air describes living a life of um, enjoyment. And so the definition of soft life is a life of ease, peace, comfort, and intentional happiness. Mm -hmm. It doesn't require struggle. Some even say it doesn't require love, stress, or distress. Oh, wow. It consists of mutual relationships, clarity, and self-love and so I want to ask a question to you Kat today <laughs> uh do you do you feel because I think it's becoming a lot it's it's a popular trend mm -hmm. just in general yeah I see people like hashtagging like soft yeah life. mostly yeah. mostly African-Americans mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I think it's still being adapted from by everybody everybody you know so but it started in a Nigerian community and then it came here in the United States and the way I've I've been introduced to it is on social media. Do you feel as much pressure today as a black woman as you did 10 years ago as a black woman? If so, why or why not? Do I feel as much pressure like to to be like to like hustle or is that what you mean? Yeah, like pressure like uh, there as black women, we can agree that um, maybe not as much as today, but 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we felt pressures from life just mm -hmm, in general, mm -hmm. um, whether it be uh, to be strong or right. to assume leadership in yeah, our yeah, homes. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel that much pressure today as you did 10 years ago? I don't think I do, but I think it's from, I don't feel as much pressure today as I did 10 years ago, but 10 years ago, I wasn't a believer. Mm -hmm. So I think my mindset has changed because I found Jesus mm -hmm. and I'm beginning to, as a wife and a mom, I'm really beginning to research like what is biblical motherhood? What is biblical womanhood? Um, and what does that look like? And yeah. so I think that's where the pressure kind of eased is from that being like that strong black woman type, yeah. you know, mentality is like, okay, what is, what is biblical femininity? What is mm -hmm. biblical womanhood? What is biblical motherhood? What does that mm -hmm. look like? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's what's eased the pressure is, 
I'm learning a biblical worldview of those things Mm -hmm. and not like this adopting this soft life philosophy or mentality. Yeah. So 10 years ago, you would say, obviously you weren't saved. Mm -hmm. You would say there was a lot of pressure. Did you, were you aware of the pressure or were you not aware? I don't think I was even aware because I think I mentioned before in in a previous episode that um, my, my dad, um, because I chose to stay at home with my kids, he saw me as less. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so I don't think I ever even noticed it. It was just how I was raised. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now that I'm, I just, you know, kind of re-enter the workforce. Um, they say like after you're out two years and then you, you're no longer in the workforce. So when you re-enter, I've re-entered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm working at a church, which I love, and I get to be with my kids still and bring my kids with me. And so we're doing ministry as a family together, which is what I've always kind of envisioned for us. Um, but I am working. Um, my dad was just like, oh, yeah, like, I'm just so proud of you. You know, um, <laughs> you're not relying on one person. And I'm just like, I kind of just like, OK, dad, like he's not a believer. So he doesn't he doesn't share the same values and. Um, have the same lens that I have for, you know, marriage and family and all of that. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, I, um, I definitely there was a little bit of awareness, but then there wasn't like mm-hmm. I was very aware that I was surrounded by strong women. I mm-hmm. was very aware that there was a lack of male presence. Yes. Very aware of that um, at a young age is too. And I think the I, I wasn't aware of having to take on that as my responsibility like I led in most of my relationships uh led in a bunch of different ways when I probably didn't need to be leading and so I think at a young age I I was aware of it in Mm. some way or some form that yeah there is this burden or this pressure that I have to show up in the world as strong, that I have to show up in the world as a leader. I have to show them. And then we talk about, um, you know, just different ideologies in terms of race and uh, systemic things. Like there was this, you know, I, I worked for years in predominantly Caucasian sectors. And so then there's that pressure of like, well, I'm probably look not that they, that I was looked at that, but there was just this subconscious thought of like, I'm probably looked at like the black girl and like maybe be less educated or less skilled or experienced so I have to show up competent I have to show up strong mm-hmm. I can I can take on the job and so I think over the last maybe several years I've noticed that and I think yes my mindset has changed but then there's also still moments where God's still working like I think sanctification for me has been a process even in that area and it's something that I'm constantly have to like lay down of like you don't have to show up strong especially we were talking about earlier just about you know just going through different trials and circumstances and difficulties in life you you almost take pride in that like well God Mm -hmm. is this is you know God has called me to a specific life and there is a level of capacity that he's given me and a strength that he's given me to overcome and then you kind of wear that as a badge of honor and so Mm. even today it's something that I'm still like laying before the father like I'm girl you need to surrender this because you don't have to show up in that way and then Mm. let's talk about marriage there is still moments where oh yeah I still um I'm a I'm I'm a strong-willed person I'm like you know what I'm saying so there's still there's still areas of like well girl you need to lay this down I think um you know but when I think of the (laughs) when I think of the term soft life or soft air I just think 
Jesus never called us to live a soft life. Yeah. Jesus never called us to live. He doesn't promise us a soft life. No. He doesn't promise us a life of ease. I, I, I think I, I wrote a blog years ago. Uh, he never said it would be easy, but he did say you would have victory or something along those lines. But Jesus didn't call us to live a soft life. I, I, I uh, think of the scripture, James 1 where um, James is talking about how Christians should respond when we're dealing with difficulties. And he says this in James 1, 2 through 4, consider it pure joy. So I, I just, that, that right there, like, it irks me, but then it was like, no, like, I, it's not saying that the life, the, the hard life, the stressful life, that we're to be grateful for it or we're to, you know, be happy when, you know, trials and tribulations come, but it's to say we can consider it joy. Mm. And he says, because whenever we face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance, perseverance finish its work so that you may mature mm -hmm. and complete, mm -hmm. not lacking anything. So I think so when good. we, when we say, oh, that's I'm one of my favorite books. Life, Mine too. Yeah. I think early most people don't like it because it's very it's like, tough. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's like, how do you respond? Because we're living in, uh, there's crazy stuff happening. We're mm -hmm. pain, suffering. Some of that stuff is just inevitable. We could try our best to try to dodge avoid the it. stressful life or avoid stressful situations in relationships and only, you know, only mm -hmm. deal with things Dude, that, that serve us. us. You know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, even yeah. with the soft air, it's like, I'm letting go anything that doesn't, doesn't serve me. me. Well, if we if we read the Bible and we believe the Bible, then we know if something doesn't serve us, then we know that it's perseverance, that we get to tap into a perseverance because Jesus is ultimately trying to mature us, to complete us so that we essentially will lack nothing. So I think, yes, initially that was my response to James was like, yo, what? <laughs> like, no, consider it joy. Right. No. And, and as you bring up joy, that makes me think about. Um, I believe it's in Hebrews where it says that um, uh, Jesus endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. You know what I mean? Like he endured the cross. What the cross was was shameful. Yeah. It was it was pain. Yep. It was all of these things. So he endured suffering for the joy that was set before him. And so that word joy, here it is again. Think about joy when it comes to the biblical view of joy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that like the fruit, one of the fruits of the spirit is joy, mm -hmm. but our joy is not the same as the way the world defines yeah. our joy. Yeah. The, the world defines our joy as happiness and yep. serving. Two different things. Yeah, it's two different things. And so I think we have to think about that. Like yeah. Jesus experienced, he endured the hardest trial yeah. of his life he endured the most suffering possible yeah. because of what was on the other side of it yeah. like you said it's that maturation it's that it's yeah. that uh, uh perseverance mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and it's completing the assignment yeah. that that we're called to yeah yeah joy is i love that you pointed that out because there is a difference between mm -hmm. joy and happiness and essentially when we're saying oh i want the soft life i want a life free of stress and i just want to enjoy life 
we're, we're, we're saying we want joy. We want mm-hmm. joy every, every time, but we got, what does joy, what does it look like to live a life of joy? Joy is long suffering. <laughs> joy is not just this fluff thing. It's, it's, are we willing to suffer for a thing? Wow. Um, and, 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 and the truth is we, most of us are not right. willing to suffer for that joy that was set before Jesus. Jesus. That's tough. That's tough. Because I, it just made me think about when you said that, like, it just made me think about like, in marriages sometimes we do suffer there are things that we go through in our marriages that bring suffering and pain but there's a joy there's something on the other side of it Mm. and sometimes we do have to suffer it I don't know why my thoughts just went there but Mm -hmm. I just see how like so many people like get divorces and it's Mm. it's so disheartening I'm telling you like on my way here I was like praying about it like about these people who I know are getting divorces and Mm -hmm. I'm praying for reconciliation Mm -hmm. because these people that I know are believers Mm -hmm. they're not people of this world and I just it just disheartens me as, you know, someone who is married and we have young children and I'm just like these people have been married 10 years, 25 years, and they're divorcing over things that are unbiblical. Um, and I wonder like, what, what is your, what are, what are your grounds for this? You know what I mean? Like, there, there is suffering that's going to happen through our marriages, but there's, something on the other side James talks about how there's a perseverance that happens through our sufferings and so I don't know it just kind of took me there my thoughts about it yeah I saw this post um a while ago that said um you don't have to suffer in order to experience (laughs) God's glory like that God's suffering is not a prerequisite to experiencing the glory of God and it it just reminded me of the book of Job that's mm. dedicated to suffering. Wow. And it, it reminds me not only of my life, but other people's lives who have suffered for uh, Paul said it. He when he was locked up and he was he was in chains, mm-hmm. in literal in a literal prison, he said, I, I, I count it joy, joy that I get to suffer for the sake of the gospel. Wow. And and unfortunately, we we no longer count it a joy to suffer for the gospel's sake mm. because again we're trying to live a life that's comfortable that's a life of ease and a enjoyment and we miss out on the beauty of of being with Christ he says in um i forget the scripture but it talks about if um oh in Romans in yeah. Romans 8, 8 if 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 we share in, in his, his sufferings, sufferings we in order also, that we may we also share, share in his, his glory, glory. So there's not one without the other. If mm-hmm. we and if we want to experience his glory, we if we want to share, share in his glory, then we suffering. have to share. I remember um, 2017, I uh, had lost my boyfriend at the time on a mission trip. And it was just, I, I, it just rocked my world, girl. Mm-hmm. I was, I had already lost maybe, I don't know, like 18 people up Jesus. until that point. And I was invited to speak at this church in Long Beach. And right before I got up, no, it was after I spoke and, you know, they began to flow in the prophetic and all that. And the pastor of the church, he was giving me a prophetic word. And part of the prophetic word was, and I was like, ah, part of me wanted to reject it. He was just like, God's called you to drink of his suffering. Wow. And you know, that's not your typical prophetic word. No, you no. know, people get prophetic words. Oh, you're oh, destined. You're, yeah, you're, you're going to get this. You're, you're going to get that. the gospel. Mm-hmm. Those are fluff words. Mm-hmm. This word was, you're going you're called to drink from the cup of I God's I mean, the suffering. prophets, majority of the 
their words were fluff. Yeah, nobody liked the prophets. Destruction. Nobody liked the prophets. You're gonna die. You don't. The prophets today. Everybody likes them. Everybody wants to be around them. I think something is there's that's problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just say that. But just hearing him say that, and for 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 a while, I wanted to reject that word. I wanted to reject it and say, no, God hasn't called me to a life of suffering. But then I just look at all throughout the Bible. I think the word the word suffering appears. The word suffer appears 96 times. Jesus. The word suffered appears 50 times. The word suffering six times and sufferings 10 times. And all throughout the Bible, we see God calling people to live a life of suffering. We see God calling, you know, people to live a life laid down for the gospel's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's so good. I, you brought up Romans 8 and I... I think we have to, as believers, we have to identify, like, what is our purpose as believers? Because if you don't understand your purpose as believers, you're going to adopt anything in the culture that sounds good. And this sounds good. It sounds great. You know, don't, don't, there are pastors, (laughs) there are pastors, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. There are pastors who preach this, like, um, you know, um, don't serve anything that, or get away from everything that doesn't serve, you know what I mean? Like, and that's not scriptural, right? It sounds good. We have these charismatic people talking about it, and it sounds great. Um, And I think when I first read it, because I hadn't heard about the soft life, when you, you know, you kind of bring it up, and I kind of researched, and I was like, oh, this doesn't sound that bad. And then, like... (laughs) My flesh is like, oh, this You're sounds like, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I could, I, I could see myself right, doing that. Right. <laughs> but as I read it in detail, it, it was the Holy Spirit's like, wait, like this thing is counteracting, counter <laughs> is counteracting. Yeah. Um, you know this 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 strong black woman mantra, which I I I. I agree with that. Yeah. I can, I can see where it came from. I can see where it was birthed from, but I, right. But I think we have to discern, like there's a misalignment Mm -hmm. in this philosophy, in this life, in this lifestyle that is opposed to our lives as a believer. And you brought up Romans eight and that's perfect because Romans eight, I feel like it, it, brings us um, to our, our purpose as believers. And so I'm just going to read it. Romans 8, starting at verse 14, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Mm-hmm. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And you talked about it earlier, like in order to share in the, in the glory of God, we have to first share in the sufferings of yeah. Christ. Yeah. And, and just breaking down that scripture, it says that and if we're talking about those who are believers today, mm-hmm. right? We're not talking to you know, people who don't believe in the Bible, we're, we're referring to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so it says that those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. So if you consider yourself being led by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. then you're a child of God, right? Yeah. That's verse 14. Yeah. Verse 15 talks about how we become children through adoption. And then yeah. through that adoption, we receive sonship. Yeah. And that sonship, what does that mean? It means that we are, are we have all the rights to the father's estate. Yeah. Right. And so it also tells us that we can cry out 
to God as father. And that word Abba is very specific and it illustrated an intimacy between a child and its father. And then verse 17 is what I really wanted to focus on when it comes to the soft life, because here we see that misalignment, right? We see that we are heirs of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. And how we said, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. If the purpose, purpose of the soft life is to reject struggle and stress while instead prioritizing joy and yeah. experience, then we can't share in Christ's sufferings. Yeah. Meaning, if we don't share in his sufferings, then we can't share in his glory either. Yeah. And so we have to think about, like you said, our purpose as believers, because if we don't know our purpose, then we're going to just adopt anything that sounds like a, you know, it sounds like a good thing. And like I said, I get where it came from. The intention behind it isn't bad. Right. I I get it. Especially if you've, you know, lived life and you've experienced some level of, you know, hardships and you're constantly, I get it as black women, you know, again, we get that and Mm -hmm. I get the intention behind it. But then again, as Christians, we have to know the reason why, why does God, or first we have to know the reason, like what, what's the whole what what does God promise us? Mm. What does he promise us in his scripture? Right. He does not promise us that we would be lack of suffering. Right. Uh, so then if, if the life of a believer is called to the life of suffering, then why are we called to suffering? Mm. The, the whole point of suffering is so that we can know him. Yep. If we want to know him, then we have to suffer with him. If mm-hmm. we don't want to know him, then, then live your life right. of peace. Go do the soft girl error. Go live a life of enjoyment. But those of us that want to know God in a deep way, want to know him in an intimate place, we know that we are called to this life of suffering. That right. is what Jesus promised us. Right. He didn't. Like, now, if he does, you know, bless us, if he does so choose to you know allow us to live ease or you know have a break because there are moments where you you've gone through so much you've experienced so much suffering and you're like i just can't take a break Mm -hmm. you almost feel like you just can't breathe or say but then there's moments and seasons where god will be like you know there you won't have to experience as much suffering Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. much maybe not as much Praise God. Right. Praise God for those moments. Mm-hmm. But if we if we truly want to live a life with Jesus, then we have to know that we're living a life of suffering. Yeah. That we're called to go into this deep and intimate place with Jesus. And that means suffering. Yeah. And that's a hard truth. That's a, that's really a hard, hard truth yeah. to grasp and, and to embrace. Yeah. I think another thing that you mentioned, too, is how... You know, this is this is mainly in the black community. There are mm-hmm. obviously other people who have adopted this yeah. this philosophy, this mentality. But I think another question is, is how do you identify yourself as black women? Do you first identify yourself as a black woman or do you first identify yourself as a children of God? Well, you I know, can answer that question for a lot of people, <laughs> you know, like you're black. <laughs> most of the time they're black before they're Christian. Right. And, and that's the thing. Like, we have to assess that. Like, I'm not, I don't, you know, like, what are we defining ourselves from? Because if you're first identifying yourself, defining yourself from being a black woman, so, you know, you're naturally going to, you know, cling to something that is, that pertains to us, yep. that is about us. This is what we have um, been seen for for since slavery you know what i mean like that strong black woman hustle type culture all of that um so you're the soft life this is contradicting that you're gonna you're gonna cling to that but 
like you said, like, what is that? If you need to first identify, are you a, a, a black woman first? Or are you a child of God first? And I think that's a, that's a, that's a that's hard. A great, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I think we just have to just, that just kind of just came to mind when you were kind of yeah. just saying that. Like, yeah. okay, if we identify ourselves by that, then it's going to be easy to kind of accept this. Like, yeah, yeah well, I'm not going to identify with that anymore. I'm now going to identify with this. Yeah. But where are you identifying with scripture? Yeah. And who God calls you Absolutely. to be. And he calls you. It says that if you are led by the spirit, yeah. then you are children of God. Romans eight fourteen. Yep. That's good. I, and we, we're, I'm going to keep saying this because it's a hill that I'm going to die on. Too much of contemporary Christianity is borrowed from philosophies. Mm. Like we're adapting, we're adopting, we're taking on these ideas that sound good they look good they feel good but they are not rooted in scripture go read first corinthians <laughs> not for real first like, corinthians yes was it read five? it is it chapter what's the chapter is it just, just read, all of it. read all of yeah. it read all of it read all of it paul is battling against philosophers of that time that is yes. the temptation of our time that we are trying to move outside and they sound of the written good. word of god they sound good because they said and oh I, I i researched this from you know in my scientific study and all this and i'm not i'm not bashing science or whatever no, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean but it was happening in biblical times when Paul wrote First Corinthians. He was battling against philosophers in the Corinthian in the mm-hmm. in, in the city of Corinth who were educated people, and he had to. First Corinthians is about him battling the mindset. Yeah. First Corinthians chapter one and two go through the rest of the book. He's first dealing with their mindset, and then he's dealing with morality in the yeah. church because he they were battling philosophies. Yeah. And so we just we have to be careful. We have to, like you said, contemporary yeah. Christianity has adopted too many philosophies that are not script, scriptural. Yeah. They're not who 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 came up with this philosophy? Is she is she a believer? I don't even know. <laughs> I'm weak. I mean, I just I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm, no, she ain't. I'm gonna go on. say she was not Christian. Yeah, like we uh, we've got to be a little bit more careful. Think biblically. Think especially critically. Especially because again, and you said in the last one, and I just cannot ex- like stress this enough. These philosophies were um, originated two days ago. Two days ago. Right. Especially two. And like when we think about like who said it, like, you know, or even when you talk, when you speak to the divorce, like mm-hmm. you have these people, you know, these women <laughs> getting divorced. Someone came to mind getting divorced. And then now all of a sudden they're the expert. Right. They're the expert for two days. You, you've you been divorced <laughs> now you're, two days. Now you're and, a and single And what we'll do is we'll, we'll be like, we'll follow these people. We'll, um, we'll mimic these people. And they've been giving their expert advice for every bit of two days. The Bible is tested, tried, and true. Like, there are so many scholars. Yeah. There are so many witnesses that have... Um, that have uh, confirmed that the Bible is true. We can there may be another conversation mm-hmm. talk about just the the, the accuracy, the validity the of validity the Bible, yeah, of Scripture and who it's who's backed it. There's scholars. There's so many people, y'all, that have um, you know tested and tried that Bible is true. His word is forever. He honors and his word above his name. Above his name, yeah, above his name. And so I think it's important that we have to realize some of these philosophies are like just new philosophies and mm-hmm. there's going to be constant philosophies yeah that are they're not going to stop it won't <laughs> stop but what we do have is the truth of god's word yeah 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 
Y'all, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Let us know your thoughts on this. Um, have you seen this soft life, soft era trending? Um, let us know your thoughts, what you guys think about it. And um, we're open to a conversation. Oh,